0: Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything, so this podcast is a reflection of that. Here we speak on non-mainstream perspectives, like healing our childhood wounds, learning to trust ourselves, the voice of fear versus intuition, and how children are our teachers. We discuss what it looks like to own your power as a woman and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I am obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is for women who want to thrive and have inner peace, learning how to take radical responsibility for their life and shed victimhood, for good.
1: I am Lindsay. Thank you for um, allowing me to share my story. I am a woman like many of you women that are on a journey to find herself, to connect deeper into her essence and to embody her soul. And in this lifetime, this journey, this path has taken major twists and turns that at the time were confusing and often scary, but I know that it is all in divine purpose and it has brought through such just incredible healing and growth and expansion within my being and within my life and so I am grateful to be here today to be able to share upon these experiences this these stories as a way for us to connect as women to honor the journey to trust the path that is in front of us and that we are always divinely guided and the more that we listen and trust our soul and our intuition the more the more will come through for us, the more peace, the more beauty, the more joy, the more love, the more freedom. And I know that I'm here to, to continue to choose freedom. And with that is the choice of continuing to trust deeply. So my journey, um, I'd like to start back with when I first became woman, which for many of us as our menarch, our first bleed, And at that time in my life, I was in seventh grade and I was this young, this young innocent, sweet girl, like many of us, um, who when getting that first bleed, when receiving that through our body, had such excitement to become a woman and also was so scared, almost terrified of what that meant and what that was and how to be that. I felt very lost and confused within society's dynamics of what woman was. And so I feel like for much of my adolescent and like teenage years and either even early adulthood, um, there was a lot of fear around being in my body, being in a female body, being in my feminine and trusting and feeling safe in my body. And So I think I just played the role that many of us do in life of just, um, however that once expressed for me, I just felt a little bit more closed off, a little bit more protective of my body and my being. And, um, gosh, I remember going on birth control at the age of 13, not because I was sexually active, that didn't even come for another almost 10 years, um, but because my periods were irregular. And so um, that process of going on birth control so early, I felt like continued to disconnect me from my feminine body, and even more so my intuition in that way. Um, So later in life, in my early 20s, after I kind of followed just the normal go to school, go to college, have fun, and I had fun, like, college time was a big party, it was fun. um, And I did well, and I got a job and just continued to Follow those normal footsteps and paths that you do in regular society until I found myself in my mid 20s, just lost. I felt um, lost. I felt disconnected. I felt I was in a dark time of my life. Um, I didn't know who I was. I was following a path that wasn't fulfilling for me. Um, I had just got out of a bad breakup, you know, one of those relationships that was three years, that should have been probably three weeks. Apparently, I needed three years to learn. So um, and that was at a time where I recognized now that I was learning how to stand in my power because I was very afraid in that relationship. And at one point I was able to then stand in my power. So when I moved out of that relationship and found myself on my own and in maybe a life and a path that really didn't feel mine, and it wasn't that my life was bad. It, it, it was fine. And from outside perspective, it was maybe great. For some people, it was great. I had a good job, had my own condo. Like I was living in Phoenix here. But um, I remember sitting there in my condo by myself, just feeling lost and um, just incredibly sad. And that's when I turned to food. And food was something that filled me at that time. And I remember just that relationship of food filling this void within myself. And I was like, this is not who I am. And there was a moment where I just said no more. And I decided to follow my heart. And it was within that point, I think I was hmm, 25, 26 years old, that I decided to look deeper into myself and ask, what are the things I do know, even though there was so much I didn't know and follow those little footsteps of like, oh, there's this little yoga thing that maybe is the first time in my life that I felt a connection to my body, that I was able to breathe and feel this movement in my body. And I wasn't in the fear, the doubt of my mind. And so I was like, three months into just this new experience was like, I'm just going to start doing more yoga, I want to I want to save up money, teach yoga, and start my life anew. And I thought I was going to move to Chicago and have this grand, big change in my life. But as I started making these small changes here, my life changed. And in that, I found part of my purpose, yoga, and how it's evolved since then. Um, I found community through the yoga community and also through a part-time job to save up money for that yoga certification. And in that, I found my husband. So within this year of just saying yes to these small elements, I found so much of myself. So at that point, I was this young girl stepping into womanhood of finding myself and for the first time declaring like, this is who I am, even though it was very small of what I knew, and just starting to follow that path. Um, With my partnership of my now husband, um, we've been together for 15 years, married for eight. Um, In that dynamic, it opened up this whole world for us to explore who we are as individuals, but who we are as a partnership. And when we were first together, we were fine, just being partners, not being married, not having children, we were both very afraid, I think, society and then through past relationships, but there was this deep healing and trust that happened within our dynamic. And a year after we were in, I chose as I was coming in more into my body through the yoga practice, through holistic wellness, I could feel the hormonal birth control was not in support to my being. And although we were not looking to have children at that time, we were using other methods of birth control. um, I chose to get off the hormonal birth control and it took me over a year to bleed again. And once I started bleeding again, and I started to find a new rhythm, a new cycle, I found a new part of myself. And for the first time in my life, I started to feel the desire for children around ovulation. And it was wild feeling that coming in hot.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful.
1: (laughs) And I remember, um, I'd come during those times of ovulation and be like, babe, I want to have a baby. And he's like, whoa, 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 what? And then later like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And so it was this like dance of like during the ovulation time of like, whoa, like so strong baby. And then when that would pass, I'd be like, nope, I'm good. And so I was in this back and forth swing. And he was just like, okay, I hear you. And also let me know when it's more like, consistent when it's like, Real, real, right? Yeah. So I think it was a good practice for us to start to be like, oh, wait, maybe there's an opening here because I was starting to come into my body and feel. And then I think I could express that and connect with him that he could start to feel that maybe possible possibility and potential. Um, So over the next few years, as that started to get stronger and more consistent, and it wasn't so wavering back and forth, it was just this underlying feel, even though I knew it wasn't time just yet. and I started to explore what did marriage mean? What did starting a family mean? And we had a lot of fear there. And thankfully, my mentor at the time, who was my acupuncturist, her name is Bonnie, she's still a part of our life. I asked her if she would sit down with us and help us navigate these big questions we had about these big decisions in life of marriage and children. And she thankfully said yes, and helped us she invited us in to sit down. We talked through so much together. And then we were able to leave that time with her. I think we were there for probably two hours, walking out saying, yes, we want to get married. And yes, we want to start a family. And like truth, full truth. There was tickles of fear in it, and but we both knew within our hearts. And that's what we needed. It was a safe space where somebody held that sacredness for us to journey inward and explore deeper of what we were feeling and allow that truth to come forth, to be held, which is so, I think, critical and part of like the path of what I find such value in and what I I choose to do here at the studio for women and, and, and men too, but like just holding that safe, sacred space for us to journey in, to feel these parts of us that maybe we've been afraid to feel or don't know how to feel or how to be with and let them come through so we know our truth. And then we can start to trust it because we feel more connected to it. So after that, um, we spent um, the next like eight months creating ceremony, a bonding ceremony that was honoring us. And we sat down in that ceremony and said our vows of our union and wanting to start a family. And that I remember in that space one of my deep intentions for mine and Matt's union was more intimacy and depth. And I wanted that with him, but I also wanted that within myself. And that's what ceremony means for me is creating and honoring that sacred space for more intimacy and depth to discover more of who we are. So little did I know that setting that intention and having this sacred union with my partner um, would open up such a big, deep portal of healing and expansion that so we got married in April on April 9th, um, 2016. And our intention was that fall to start open up the possibility of conception, to come in and start to conceive for our first child. <clears throat> um, a couple weeks prior to that time of starting that conception, I had an experience within myself in my life. I'm going to pause for some. That's
0: that's okay. (laughs) You can pause for water anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
1: Um, where I felt my heart crack open and immense waves of grief pour, pour through and starting to process through my system. I thought it was an external experience. Um, that initiated it, which I think there were some external things that were initiating it. Probably my intention of wanting to conceive a child. And there was a part of me that said, okay, first, we need to process this. And some of my fears that had come up in uh, prior to my marriage with my husband, were coming up to the surface. So one of those fears, the main fear was that we were going to grow apart. Like, as a woman, I think for so many of us on the spiritual path, when you have this spiritual journey, sometimes you feel so lonely. And my husband is a beautiful, incredible, safe space for me. And I'll share a little bit more about who he is in a moment. But like, I felt like I was going deeper into my inner realm and inner journey, and I didn't know how to connect with him. I didn't know if it was pushing us apart, if we were growing different. And here he's just this present mountain of a man just being who he is, which allowed me to go into these depths to process through some of this that needed to alchemize. And it was like six months. And I remember just being out in the mountain, just hiking and crying and journaling and being with my soul sisters and crying and journaling and sitting across this man. And crying and telling him I just didn't know what I was feeling or experiencing and then, damn, I still loved him so much. But when you're in it, you just don't know. And this beautiful man just out space for me. He just allowed me to feel and process through what I needed to. And in that, I I realized I knew who he was. He is that safe space. He is that island that I can jump and dive down into the underwaters, into the deep, dark waters of my healing, of my journey, that can only be done for me and within me. And he will be there. And I can come up onto that island and breathe and play and enjoy life. And thank freaking God, goddess, all of life that this man holds that for me because um as a scorpio <laughs> i can dive deep and i go deep and i like i feel like i can hold some deep space for our healing and processing and as i have within myself he has been that anchor that allows me to recognize that life is so beautiful and playful and it's part of my nature too but he just continues to help me swim in both those currents so There was this deep processing of one, us understanding our union, who we are together, and alchemizing that fear. And two, also feeling this part of me that was dying. This younger, what I felt was freer, was more out in the world, was exciting. I had just been traveling to festivals. It was just this freedom that I felt was starting to. Clear and die for a new freedom to birth through, and that was when I look back in the reflection of this maiden to mother process for me, and for, I think for all of us as women, it it looks and feels so different because we are all so unique. But for mine, it felt like leaving this other life of who I was and what my life was to fully step into and embody who I was becoming. And I was so excited for her to come in. And I was so, so deeply sad for who I was losing. And I had to allow myself to deeply grieve that loss of her. Because she served so much. And I know now she's still a part of me. That maiden essence, she's still playful. (laughs) She's still here. And also my life totally transformed. And I needed to move through that dynamic and let that part of me die with honor and love and deep respect and feel her and feel that with her to then welcome in this, gosh, this, this great mother energy who was like, I am here. I have been on this journey. I have been healing and nurturing myself and tending to my being and all the ways I know and the best capacity that I have so that I am now ready to one continue to nurture myself as mother so that I can welcome these beings these children in and be the mother I want to be who is still learning and growing a lot through it but that that journey that transition from maiden to mother was a rebirth.
0: Yeah, so you were learning how to mother yourself for the first time ever.
1: Yeah. And I think that choice over the, those past 10 years of that, that journey, choosing to follow my heart was one. Finding these practices through yoga, through movement, through breath, in the nature, these ways to tend to my being to really nurture my physical, my mental, my emotional, my spiritual, my sexual beings, all these aspects of myself, to really know how to nurture her allowed me to open up to receive what was ready to come through. And I'm so glad I didn't rush that. I don't think I could have. But I do know, like, I recognize I should say that this maiden to mother dynamic is one a rites of passage that is so important that we honor and hold space for for each other as women, and ideally that society would as well. Um, because I believe you know if it's not coming to prior to conception, which for me it did, um, it's either coming during pregnancy or it's coming after, and I feel like that's sometimes what postpartum depression can be one if a woman isn't feeling supported and nurtured two if she's not doesn't have the skill set and tools to support and nurture herself which in the grand society we we don't i think we're we're starting to to know that and spread that and share that and then three if she hasn't processed that made into mother it's gonna come up most often right and so it's just recognizing us as women are on these dynamic processes of expansion and how to help ourselves heal and honor and nurture that along the way, because when we when I processed through that, it was six months. When we finally came back to the table and I said, "Okay, I'm ready now," <laughs> and Matt's like, "Okay, I need a little time to get back on board." So we got a couple months in together to just re like nurture that bond of like we're both ready. The first time we try to conceive. Cruise came through. I think if we would have tried to conceive before he wasn't ready, we weren't ready. So I don't know. It's just trusting that divine timing. When we're ready, we're ready. And I feel like these little spirit babies knowing and supporting us in that process too of like, okay, mama, (laughs) daddy, right? Both of us. Like when you're ready, when I can feel that and see that opening, I want to come into that.
0: That feels really good. Totally. How old were you at this point? I was 36. Yeah, so we've talked about this, but did you feel any time clock pressure or was like no? Um n-
1: yes and no. Yes, because I think there was still a little um external conditioning that was still part of my ego mind that was like, oh, because I remember, like, oh, well, if I'm going to have children, there was a thought, I, I'm i glad I'm having them before 40. And then there was, like, this deep knowing of, like, oh, this is perfect and on time. And when I went in to conceive our second child, who is now. So Cruz, our first, is now five years old. Luca came through six months ago. With him, there was no time clock pressure. And there was no age resistance. It was like, that's not even a part of this story anymore. I'm like, damn right. I'm in my forties having my second child. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandmother, Evelyn, my mother's mother had 11 children and she was well into her, I think late forties. Um, when that last one came through, I need to, I want to check and see what her exact age ones. But I feel like that age piece is such a story that isn't aligned in truth. Yeah. And it can dictate our story if we believe it to be true. Yeah. So it's a choice.
0: Yeah, because if something is finite, you know, the powers that be can kind of control that. But if we have this abundant mindset, mm-hmm. then anything's possible, really.
1: Yeah, and that abundant mindset and that deep trust of like, it's all divine timing. Can we honor what is present for us now, knowing and trusting that it's for what is to come?
0: Yep.
1: And trust that what is meant to be will be. And again, like, this is 15 years of deep work to be in this space of trust, but I mean, gosh, motherhood has been such an opening of who I am. I was not someone that was like, I want to have kids. I'm going to be the best mom. Like that wasn't in my, I just all of a sudden felt this calling of like mother process of healing to then become mother and then stepping into motherhood and being like, oh, here I am. This is a part of my soul that is here to express and feel the, the divine great mother. And like what a beautiful gift and blessing that is. And one of the greatest healing components and teachings of this lifetime.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to hear Cruz's story of you get pregnant with him and then you're initiated into mother, you know, the physical mother and shedding that maiden. And what was the process of trusting yourself through that first pregnancy and birth for you? Yeah. Um,
1: you know, it was, I was still part of just kind of, well, okay. So I won when we conceived was like, okay, he's here. I just felt, I just felt him like coming in like, okay, this is beautiful. Um, at that time I knew I didn't want an in-hospital birth. I, Went and visited a couple birth centers, found a midwife I connected to, a birth center space at that time that felt in alignment to both Matt and I, and having that support. Um, and within that dynamic, I just was in flow with that pregnancy. I felt like a lot of the healing work and embodiment work and like coming into my body and healing through my body really allowed me to feel such gratitude in my pregnancy. And oftentimes bliss, even though there were times, you know, early on, it felt a little like, whew. but um, it was always, always deep gratitude that this process was happening. And I was in such incredible awe of like, holy, amazing. This is happening inside my body. We as women are creating life, co-creating life within our bodies and to feel that is it's out of this world because it really is, and I just complete awe. Yeah, complete awe. And um, when Cruz came through, I, I had a, a natural birth at a birth center. Um, he was forty-two weeks, and you know, at that time, I was like, I just want to out of hospital birth and our midwives you know, for them to be able to support us in that with their liability.
0: Yeah.
1: Be with us outside of a hospital up to 42 weeks. And here I was, right up on that threshold of 42 weeks of like, uh, are you coming, which I'm not sure if it actually was 42 weeks, because my cycles were so uh, like, like they would fluctuate prior to conceiving. Sometimes they were 28, 29, 30 days, sometimes they were 40, 42 days, right? So anyway, the day before 42 weeks, I said, okay, so here's your choice. You can let this flow. If you want us a part of your experience, we'll have to then go into the hospital. Or what the option is that we do is that we offer a castor oil shake. And at that time, that seemed like the most natural way to help support this based on what I knew at the time. And so I did a castor oil shake and, um, it was, it was pretty gentle on me. And that day, um, I just thought, okay, is he coming? Is he coming? And then I went to bed that night and I was like, he's not coming. And I woke up at like 1230 in the middle of the night. And I just had this like wave of like, okay, like, I'm going to have to go into the hospital for this one. And okay. And I got up and went pee and just had that surrender of like, if that's what it is, it's what it is. And I came back and laid down into bed. And five minutes later, the contraction started. (laughs) And so um, I labored at home and then we went to the birth center and my husband was, My doula and my soul sister, Dusty, was my other doula and she was drumming and Matt was massaging my back and she was massaging and our midwives were pretty hands off during the labor process, which was beautiful. Even though at the time I thought, where's my support? (laughs) You know, there's that part of you like, aren't they supposed to be doing more? (laughs) Totally. Like that's what the perception was at that time. And I'm so grateful they were so hands-off now, letting us be in and letting me be. And then they'd come over and support and whisper as needed. And and then, yeah, we Cruz birthed through in a beautiful, powerful way. We were all there together. And holy smokes, I still watch that birthing video. And my son Cruz, he's five, he watches that birthing video. And he's like, oh, I'm so cute. When he pops out, which I think is so amazing that he one understands and gets to see his his sweet birth story, and I went home. We went home, and I cocooned into our nest, and I just fully nested into motherhood at that time, and leaned into all these practices of staying so deeply connected to this baby and to my body and nurturing us together as one for as long as I could. Even to the point where um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to have another child because our love and connection was so bonded and beautiful. And it wasn't overwhelming for him or I. I wasn't... Controlling, Like, I feel like so much of that attachment style creates this perception of like, too much. And for me, it was exactly as it was supposed to be. And that allowed him to feel this safe, secure connection with us to then go live his wildness into the world. To know that we are trusting safe space for him to always come home to. And um, it is, he has expanded my heart, my ability to love, to see, to feel joy, love, connection to the utmost. And there's this mother fear that sometimes tickles up of like, the thought of losing this child. And instead of living in that fear, I let that, when that tickles up from time to time, the sacredness of these sweet beings, I let it be this reminder of how sacred life is. And I just show up with even more presence because I don't know how long he has, I have, any of us have. So I just choose to be as present as I can with him. And when I'm not, I'll get those reminders to myself, whether it's a tickle or like a, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, right. It's like, there's so much distraction sometimes with the world that I have to be like, Whoa, am I looking at my phone right now? I'm like, toss that. Right. It's like these little things are like, Oh, am I thinking about that right now? And then just keep coming back. Right. It's like when we have those awareness checks of like, where are we? And then we have that choice. It's like, no, I choose to be here. I want to be here. Um, so being with him, being mother, seeing my husband evolve into fatherhood, which it's so sweet because he has, when I would ask him in pregnancy or people would ask him how he felt about becoming a father, his two words were excited and terrified. And here, those are the two words I had when I got my menarche, my first bleed of becoming woman excited and terrified. And I feel like when we are on this precipice of transformation and embodiment, we often feel excited and terrified. And I feel like that's when we know that we're in the good stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: just desire, desire and fear are two sides of the same coin. Yeah.
1: And it's like the deep desires are usually accompanied by fear. And so I recognize, okay, if there's fear here, that's usually a knock on the soul door of like open peek inside. There's a whole nother world here waiting for you to say, yes, you just have to trust, 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 right? Um, and so that's what this journey has been and is like deeper and deeper trust to then know and feel when our second one was ready to come through.
0: Yeah, can you can you touch on... Learning to trust yourself as a mother for the first time ever when you right after cruise. Yeah.
1: So I think that comes down to the work, the healing work of the past 15 years of clearing and releasing the old thoughts and beliefs that have been conditioned into my being. And as I've released those, the deeper connection into my soul and my intuition of like being able, and this is a practice continued to to this day, and I think will be continued through lifetime, is discerning what is truth, my truth, our truth, and soul, versus what is the old story. And I've gotten lots of practice with it, cruise, you know, that... He he likes to deliver those in for me. He's like, here, mom, here's another one for you. So that one of surrender with his, like going into labor. And then when we brought him home, we had chosen. So I tested positive for group B strip because I did the test for it with Cruz. Now knowing all that mumbo, even though during it, I was still aware that I tested positive. I talked to some of my wellness practitioners. Um, what can I do to help support myself for this? Because I'm not doing antibiotics during birth. Because our my wife said, you have a choice. Whatever you choose to do, here's the information. Choose what feels best. So I'm like, definitely not doing antibiotics. I'm going to nurture, take care of my body and the best ways I know to support any overgrowth or whatever of anything. So I was really clean. There was a lot I was doing to tend to that part of me. So anyways, when he was born, our midwife just said, you just need to pay attention to him every two hours, check his temperature, make sure all is well, just for those first 24 hours. Because if there is an infection, it'll show up and then you need to go to the emergency. And I said, I will take that responsibility. And so we did. And we tended to that. The next morning, Matt went into the office to grab some stuff to come back home. And so I was home with Cruz for about an hour with my newborn baby. And I went... And changed his diaper and took his temperature. And all of a sudden he had a fever or what was perceived to be a fever. And I pause. And I take his temperature again. Fever. It was like 101 or something. And I sat in the chair with my newborn baby. And I'm like, and do I need to take my newborn baby to the emergency right now? And I sat with it and breathed and felt my baby. And I sent Matt a message. I said, on your way home, please stop and get a new baby thermometer and come home soon. So he came home right away. We put in the new baby thermometer, no temperature or no fever. I'm sorry, no fever. And so there was, again, an opportunity. Do we react with the fear-based mentality of what's showing up? And make a decision not rooted in truth but in fear, or sit with our motherly, very strong intuition, listen and trust, and see what shows up. <laughs> so the, the there's been different little ones, but those are like two main ones, like right from the get go, and especially that one that I could have not, I could have just seen that reading done it again, seen it again, and then reacted, right. And instead, that pause to tune in, which I feel like this is the work we are doing. And this is why we are doing it all of us men and women, and especially in motherhood, because it's not just about you, your intuition and discernment, and truth is for these beings. For all of us, actually, of what is truth in these moments. And the more we can get clear on that by clearing the shit that has us afraid of trusting to then listen deeper and trust to know truth is freedom. And when you have that in your mother bag, it's pretty damn strong and pretty darn handy to have.
0: Yeah, all those years. Prior to being a mother where you were getting safe in your body, that safety in your body and trusting your body and trusting your intuition, all of those years brought you to those moments. Absolutely. It's beautiful.
1: It is. I'm so grateful. Like when you're in it, sometimes it's like, holy shit. And on the other side, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) amazing and like deep reverence for these teachings coming through but like wow okay okay and so it's just having that this stuff is going to come up and we're going to have these choices how to be with it how are we in relationship to ourselves to our intuition to our mama heart to our truth to then live more aligned in that
0: yeah because it's very easy to Act in logic or fear, because that's our brain conditioning. That's our ego. And that's the easiest way to act. It's easy. It's easy to react in fear and and take action from fear. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to quiet that and get to the space within you where God speaks, where your womb speaks. That takes work. (laughs) It does. And the beautiful part of
1: it is it's so available and it's so we are, right? It's just, that's what's already there. It's just the work is clearing all this shit that's blocking us from that connection and that knowing. And you know, it just gets piled on with life. And so the more we just keep clearing and clearing and clearing, the more we are connecting, connecting, embodying. And that's what I want. (laughs) That's what I choose. (laughs) That's what I desire. So I will continue to do the work and I have and through motherhood with Cruz and just continuing to go deeper and deeper into my body and into my heart and into my womb and feeling that tickling then when our next child was coming and feeling back and forth of I'm ready. I'm not ready. Is it time? Is it not time? And again, there were times where I was ready, and Matt was like, "I'm not ready," and I'd get pissed. I tell him, "I'm mad, <laughs> I'm mad at you. I love you, but like that makes me mad because I want my I want my other baby." And then I'd come through, you know, a couple weeks later, and be like, "Okay, you're right, right?" And so it's just trusting that there's two of us playing this, dancing this together, and that we will know together when it's time, and. I had this like, Oh, I think I want another one. I feel another one. But then I think, how is that going to flow? You know, it's like, then I get into my head of like, well, how is that going to work within our dynamic right now? And each time I'd come to bleed, I'd grieve. And I, that would tell me how deep and how much I actually wanted the second baby. Cause there were times I would be like in my head, Oh no, we're good. We're fine. Like, life is good. And and life, again, was really good. And also, there was another expansion of love wanting to come in, and I could feel it. And so we, um, we decided, you know, Matt was more like, I guess we're not getting any younger. <laughs> but more so of like, I guess if we're going to do it now is the time. I think sometimes and I know for his sweet masculine being as the provider protector You know, there's an idea on his end of like what he wants our life to look like, to be able to provide for our family in the ways he wants to. And for me, I'm so feminine in terms of I feel it in my body. It's time. So us bridging that masculine and feminine together to be like, okay, we have what we need and we feel it's time helped open up then to conceive Luca. And in that, Matt had um, just gotten back from a men's retreat, which was so powerful and healing for his soul. And for us both, I mean... This man went into something, he went into this retreat for a friend to go with a friend that invited him. Of like, yeah, I'll go and support you. Little did you know he'd get his world rocked and his heart opened in incredible ways. I mean, when he came back from this retreat is with the sacred sons. Um, we sat on the couch just crying together for hours as he shared himself and his experience. And Again, here's this beautiful opening. And then we go. and a month later, this is after like a month, a year of us like, the gates are open. Come on in if you're ready, baby. Like we're calling you in. and like me processing through these waves of grief with my with my bleed to then him coming back from this retreat, feeling more embodied us in this even deeper connection to then conceiving. But it's interesting because right when I found out I was pregnant through a pee test, um, I just had this miscarriage energy fear, which I did not have with Cruz. And I remember remember being aware of the possibility with my pregnancy with Cruz, but it didn't feel present for me. Whereas this felt interestingly present where I was excited, but I had this weird caution Around it, and even shared with my friend a couple of days later. Like, this is what's up. This is what I'm feeling. But I decided to just stay with it and trust that all is well. Um, and then a week later, started to have some symptoms, some cramping, and then still like, okay, is this starting to happen? A little bit of spotting. Is this? is this a miscarriage or is this just part of pregnancy, which can be kind of confusing in the beginning when you don't know. Um, And then a couple of days later, it was actually on a Scorpio new moon. It came through strong and I knew, and thankfully I have my studio space, which I'm in right now to come in and hold myself in that container and allow that process, the feeling the deep emotion the physical sensations allowing it to all come through and i went and laid out on the earth outside my studio and in the sun and just sobbed and felt this loss of potential cuz i didn't feel connected to a spirit maybe i just felt excite there was prior excitement of the possibility of what's coming in, but then I felt this loss of the potential of, of life for all of us. And then I felt this deep sadness and grief for all the women. I think women that I've supported here at the studio in their processing of miscarriage and some even abortion that have been processing through that. Um, I just felt the loss of women. I felt the loss of women in all the different ways that they experience and navigate the potential of motherhood. And I felt confusion in my body. And I felt shame of my body couldn't carry this. But I didn't, I didn't feel that as truth. I felt that as a old story that was coming up. And I don't even know if it was mine, but it, it was mine at the moment because I was feeling it, but it was something I was processing through for, I think the greater feminine collective of my body's not capable shame in our feminine body for it, not being able to do. And as it was like purging out, that stuff was like clearing because this was indeed a womb healing There was, as that was purging out, there was this deep gratitude of the wisdom of my body for knowing what to do and how to carry this forth to clear my system from what needed to clear. And for three weeks, I was in a deep healing portal of processing a lot of emotion from sadness and grief and anger, not just around the miscarriage, but around elements of my life that maybe were still lingering that I thought I had done healing around. It's like these, all these lingering elements were coming up to the surface of like, Oh, I'm still here a little bit. I'm still here. And so it was just purging and purging and purging. And thankfully, with this the awareness and the tools, I was able to allow myself to process and, again, honoring my husband walking in, <laughs> You know, I think it was day two. I was in some anger. And I was like, Ah, and like crying and yelling. And I was like, I just need some space. He's like, I'll give you some space. I'm like, and I love you. (laughs) Um and that's the beauty of the masculine is just to be able to hold that safe space for this feminine to process through all of her depths and layers. And I mean, there was just so much that came through in that time, even, you know, some, some healings with my mother and my sister and just that feminine lineage line. And I came through, I think it was, yeah, it was three weeks later. And once I felt like that had been processed, I was like, okay, now we're ready. And then we conceived that next week. So, a month after the miscarriage, we conceived Luca. It was the week of my birthday. And I felt like he was there with my soul, orchestrating this deep womb healing, saying, I'm coming in. And before I embody, there's some stuff that we have to clear. And I'm super grateful for that blessing and that healing, even during while it was super intense I could I knew again I knew that this was with purpose. I didn't know he was going to come right in after but I knew that there was deep healing, womb healing work happening. And I think that's again awareness and trust to just be in this process to honor that and allow it.
0: It's too perfect.
1: <laughs> Wildly perfect, right? It's just wild and it is perfect. It's just it's that alignment, it's all, it's all, it's all there for us. It's happening for us. And so shifting out of why is this happening to me, trusting that this, this womb healing is happening for me, for us. And that's so much more empowering to live by and to feel that even through our great challenges and processes that it's all in support for what's to come
0: yeah because a lot of the healing that we receive is done through ways we would never write for ourselves <laughs> true but, but once it's written you know by god by our baby souls by our soul whoever it is whatever it's divine right it's just divinity after we've lived it and we've processed it it's like okay I would never I would never would never have written it but now I love it. And in yeah. right like because it is for me and it and it shed layers of me and it healed me in a way I couldn't have written for myself and that's trust. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think like you said we don't get to write it but we get to participate in it, right? And also recognizing that it's not just for us, but it's for all of us Like, and, and how sacred it is that you're inviting us women on here to share these stories, because I think there's just so much in terms of how we as women can connect to each other and understand, you know, the uniqueness of all of our journeys and yet the commonalities of we can all feel some, some thread that's woven within us all that we can connect to and how that helps us not feel so alone in our journey. And to keep trusting together.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like chapters are kind of, they get start, they start getting written for us, but then we get to Mm co-create as an author, right? If we participate.
1: Yeah. And it's that, like, we're always co-creating. It's just, are we doing it from these old default systems? Yeah conscious or are we doing it in a very conscious aligned truthful way that we are designing it that we're getting to like step into it of like okay I see this here how do I want to participate with it how do I want to be in relationship with it and that's where the empowerment comes through of like oh I actually get to choose my experience i may not always get to choose what's happening to me but i get to choose my experience with how i be with it
0: i love that car- clarification because you know with with miscarriage with infertility diagnoses it's like how are you going to be in relationship with that cuz that's where your power is is that co-creative free will right there i like how you said that thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, um, yeah.
1: The gift, the blessing in it.
0: Yeah. So you get pregnant with Luca. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I get pregnant with
1: Luca, babe. And, um, yeah, we, I just felt so ready then again, like after that womb healing, I just, we were ready and excited and, you know, Cruz had been um calling in this baby. He actually <clears throat> before so the pregnancy before the miscarriage. I mean, I feel like it's all one pregnancy for me, but like to help it in relatable terms, <clears throat> the first one right before I miscarried, I hadn't told Cruz, but we had been talking about maybe a baby coming in this year and he's been asking for one. <clears throat> but he went and told his preschool teacher that while well, I was pregnant that I was pregnant. So I walk in to pick him up and she's like, so Cruz shared something with me, um, that you're pregnant. And I was like, uh, I hadn't told him because one, it was still so early. And two, I just had that like energy around of like, Oh, I'm I'm not sure what this is. I just have to be with this right now. So I was like, okay, he's, he's feeling it. So I'm sharing this one because I feel like Cruz has been like, definitely co-creating and participating and calling in Luca. Like I think they, their sole contract is super strong. (laughs) Um, so when we got pregnant with Luca, you know, just enjoying pregnancy, I was just like, I'm just enjoying pregnancy and being in this like little sacred space with my family. And, um, just flowing. It just felt so natural just to be with it, not having to do anything or check anything. You know, I did a P test that was like for me and Matt, like we just wanted confirmation. But other than that, I was like, I just want to be with this. It just felt so natural and 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 flow for us. And then, you know, different times people would ask, Oh, like, have you found a midwife or like da 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 just based on knowing I had a midwife my previous birth? And I was like, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Like, I love my midwife team from Cruz's birth. And also, um, I'm just not sure what I'm feeling. Like, I just don't feel called to reach out to anyone right now. And I have different referrals sent my way. And I'd look at them and oh, they seem wonderful. And just couldn't even pick up the phone to have a call. Like it just wasn't there. So I just felt this, I'm gonna flow and whoever's meant to be there because at that time, I thought maybe somebody would be there. I didn't know. I was like, whoever's meant to be there, if somebody's meant to be there, they'll show up, right? I'll know. And so I just kept being in this flow and just intuiting my pregnancy by listening to my body and feeling my body and trusting my body, while also feeling and listening and trusting my soul, my intuition, and that of my baby. Like, there's no greater wisdom than that three trifecta, body, soul, and spirit baby, right? So I was like, I'm just going to trust this and listen. And it felt so free to be in that space. And <clears throat> I was like, okay, we're just flowing. And then, um, gosh, it was, I think I was probably maybe three or four months in, Um I was on Instagram scrolling and I see a share from um a woman in the community in our yoga community she's actually the wife of one of my um yoga friends who I went to yoga teacher training with was that 15 years ago um her name is Amy and I saw her share about wild pregnancy and free birth and I was like oh and it caught my attention and Honestly, like I probably hadn't seen Amy share something for months. I just wasn't on there much. I'm a mother. There's just a lot happening, right? But there's this woman I had never had a personal conversation with, hardly had seen on social media pop up on my feed, sharing about this. And I'm like, what is this? And so I click on the link she shared. I go in and I start reading about wild pregnancy, which is pretty much intuitive pregnancy, Um, flowing through pregnancy on your own self-guided experience without medical supervision. And then two free birth of birthing your baby intuitively. I was like, wait, this is a thing like there, this is something people do and there's information and resources and community around it. I was like, like my mind just like blew And I dove in for a few weeks and did the complete guide to free birth. I just want to educate myself. I'm like, this is a thing. I just want to understand it because it wasn't even like conception in my mind. Like I didn't even have the idea that this was a possibility, even though I was flowing in that. It was like it was starting to come together. And so I educated myself and just found so much wisdom, not just through my intuition and body, but also through the feminine lineage of who we are as women and what we are capable of, what birth truly is, who we as women, what I know in my heart and my womb, who we truly are and not letting all the fear mongering and stories cut into our truth. And I was like, I was so thirsty. And I was just drinking up this information to understand what I felt was truth in my being and body. And so through that, I was like, Okay, this is this is how we how we're flowing. And I reached out to Amy and just said, Do you thank you Juan? thank you for sharing this. Two, do you know of any local community? Because I feel like it's really important. I'm pregnant and this is what I'm feeling called to. And yet I don't want to do it alone. And she said, I don't know of any local community, but would you like to create one? And I said, yes. And so we created some circles, gathering circles for women to explore and have these conversations and support each other in the wild pregnancy and free birth and all the intuitive experiencing of motherhood. And then I brought it up to Matt of like, hey, so this is what I'm feeling. And Matt was very supportive and also um, had his own questions based on his own stories and fears like we all do that I think once. And this is why I was so glad I educated myself first before coming to him, because what he was able to ask questions about or bring fear up around I was able to answer with clarity and confidence and trust of what I knew from educating myself and also what I felt as truth. And he said, okay, all right. And so he, I think me being able to hold that space for myself and stand in my truth allowed him to feel that trust because he could trust me and then I could continue to trust him. And so I think it's just that, importance of um, being able to have these conversations, you know, with my mother and father and mother-in-law and father-in-law and just some of the people around us that were curious about, you know, our choices and and then being able to like respond and and share with them. And, you know, most of the time, the responses that would come through were, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Because it does, you know, when we can share truth, truth usually does make sense. It's just we're all so programmed. And that's okay, because we all are that as we are shifting out of these programs that we choose to trust truth, like we want to trust truth, we're just scared to so when somebody else does, it actually opens up and gives us a little more permission to trust that truth with them. And I think that's really special and important, especially as we are navigating these new ancient ways like women have been doing Mm -hmm. this forever right but like being able to share within our communities now so that other people can open up to this truth to navigate to the fear to understand who we are and what we're capable of and what does make sense within our hearts and our bodies not what we've been
0: yeah it's a big deprogramming because we have decades of stories, of movies, of TV shows, of media. And, you know, when we were younger, it's like we're wet cement. And anything that gets thrown our way, you know, kind of leaves an imprint. And so as an adult, it's like we get to choose what we want to believe. Do we want to believe in the way we were programmed? Do, do we want to believe that childbirth is, is an emergency, is scary? Do we want to believe that? You can, you get to choose
1: Mm -hmm. or
0: if we're on this path of deep, deep reverence of trust of ourselves, of God, of our spirit babies, you know, we can choose what feels more peaceful because peace to me is always truth. And what's peaceful is that childbirth is the greatest ceremony there ever is and ever will be. Mm -hmm. Indeed
1: honoring that which you know that's been taken away from us but we are we are reclaiming it and so I think one of the biggest questions that comes through and is well what if something goes wrong or how do you know something won't go wrong and so that's a lot of the conversation that comes up and I think that's a beautiful question I think we all are curious upon right with pregnancy and birth. And again, it comes back to that trust, the discernment and truth. And when I was pregnant with Luca, I recognized, I was like, this is why I've been doing the work I've been doing for the past 15 years is to be able to stand in this space of this pregnancy and my intention with it and with this birth coming and the level of trust I have not that I want to have, not the desire to have it, but the embodied trust that I have. And it wasn't that I know everything's gonna be what it you know it, it, sorry. it's not that I can't say nothing will go wrong, because one, like what does that even mean? But two, I had such deep trust and knowing within myself. Within my baby, my body, my intuition, my partner, that we would know if something needed additional attention, and we would know how to consciously respond to that and who to seek support and guidance from. And until I'm getting that signal for that, everything is perfect and all is well.
0: Exactly, because we do that on our daily life. Yeah. If I'm healthy today, you know, there's no signal to seek emergency help, but if I were pregnant or in labor, you know, it's, it's, it's a big signal and, and you can't miss it just like in normal life, right? Big signals of emergencies are usually in labor and bleeding a lot, a lot, or the cord coming out first instead of their body. Like the there's, Big signals that you, that you can't miss, just like in our daily life right now, a big signal. You know, we know, and yeah. it's the same.
1: Yeah, it's, it's looking for those signals, those sensations, those feelings. And again, it's that the mother's intuition, a woman's intuition as a mother is the strongest it will ever be when she is pregnant and birthing her baby. So who has the greatest wisdom of any situation present within that dynamic is that mother. So she will know, she will know. It's just, are we tuned in enough to trust that knowing, to feel that knowing and to be guided by that knowing, right? And so if some women are like, oh, I wouldn't be able to know. I I don't I don't know for you, only you will know if you do the work to get clear on your intuition to be able to discern your truth. And I feel like that's what we as women are being asked to be doing right now for the sake of humanity and for these babies is do our work, connect to our soul, our truth, our wisdom so that we can be these discerning nurturing guiding beings for humanity.
0: Yeah, and birth makes us face the truth of life which is death. Yeah. Because death happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. It does because it's life. Death happens in a hospital. Babies die in hospitals. People die in hospitals. Hospitals aren't this like shield of protection where no one dies. And, you know, our our ego mind loves to have all this fear and says, well, if I could just be in a hospital, then things won't go ba- bad or wrong or nothing bad would happen. But that's all an illusion to try to convince ourselves that we're safe because we we can't contend with the truth of life, which is death. So when you know someone is preparing to free birth, usually they are contending with the truth of death. And we get to this space of We have control over some elements, where we choose to give birth, who we choose to have in our space, but we don't choose whether our baby decides to live or die. We don't. And that's so heavy and that's so hard, but there's also a freedom in that. There's a freedom that we don't have ultimate control. It's not up to us 100%. There's God and there's our baby. And there's us. It's a triangle, it's a trifecta. And it's not all on our shoulders. And to me, that is where freedom comes.
1: Yes. Thank you for sharing that because I feel like that's such an important element as a woman and even as parents, men and women, right? To recognize that we're just being asked to trust. And then in that trust is the allowing of whatever is meant to unfold, to unfold, and to have peace with that. And I feel like in that process, to gain peace around life and death. And I don't know how this is going to come through this experience, but I trust it wholeheartedly. However, this baby shows up in whatever way is perfect for whatever our souls are calling in for this life all of us together. And it doesn't mean that if this soul baby would choose death, that I wouldn't be completely heartbroken and grieving immensely and processing on a whole nother level. I I don't even know how that would look, but I trust if that's what my calling was, I would be in that. And I think, as you said, like, death is inevitable. So whether it happens at this stage or other stages of life, how can we hold each other in that sacred space to witness and support and love each other for whatever we are experiencing any
0: dynamic? And the gift of death, just the thought of it, like you said earlier, there's a gift in that because it makes us so present. It makes us so grateful for this day, this moment. And to me, there are gifts of death. It is, it is, you know, when you experience loss, it is the darkest depths of darkness and grief and a gaping hole in your heart. But just the thought of death, you can use it to spiral in fear, or you can use it to get so present and grateful for the now moment. Yeah.
1: And how precious of a gift is it to be present in life? Yep. Because yep. there will be a day when death is upon us and all we would want is for one more moment of presence with. So let's savor that now while we are here. Yep. And Again, it's that conscious choice of choosing presence, but it's also recognizing the things that distract or take us away from and doing our work so that we can show up more in that present, connected, centered, and grounded state and space to be together
0: to save our life. Because, you know, if loss were to happen, if we lose someone at any moment we never have regret over being present with them because being present is in true alignment. We have we're haunted by regrets when we are out of alignment, when we are reactive, when we're reactive to them, when we're um, angry and spiteful and using spiteful tone and treating them unkind. Or you know, it's it, it's being human, but it's we're out of alignment when we're in reactivity or annoyance or spitefulness. And that's what haunts us if we lose that person. Mm-hmm. And if we can be more present, oh my gosh, it's a gift that keeps on giving because if we lose them, it's the treasure. We're like, oh, we were present.
1: Yeah. And those memories of the time we did have together when we were connected to our heart and our truth first being in our wounds Yeah, and feeling those triggers that have us, as you said, reactive and not fully who we want to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, being in those wounds can lead to greater suffering after we lose someone versus you know being in our soul, in our alignment, in our truth with people. <sighs> Let's hear about Luca's birth. <laughs> Luca.
1: Um Yeah, so though I went 41 and a half weeks with him and just felt super good. I um I had a really beautiful pregnancy with both my boys. to where like, I felt very alive in my body, very connected in my body and um, enjoyed it doesn't mean I didn't have aches or certain things at different times that I was navigating through with sensation and experience. But for the most part, it was just super enjoyable. And I chose to make that happen too. Um, I dance. I started dancing midway through Luca's pregnancy at about five or six months, five months. And that was a regular part of my self care routine. And it was incredible. So fulfilling and joyful and playful for both of us. So that, um, as we approached labor, I just felt very connected in my body. Um, Very open, very spacious, very present. And the week before he birthed, I just had a very inward calling of, okay, now's the time to go in, stay more close to home. Didn't feel like he was coming right then. But I just knew like, okay, begin the ceremony, right? Like the preparation for the ceremony. And so I stayed more inward that week, just close to home. It was the middle of summer, um, early August. It was just hot outside. So Cruzie and I, he was out of his little school at that time. So we we're just playing cards and sitting outside in a little slip and slide in the yard and just doing a bunch of yummy nurturing stuff together, which was so fun to have that time with him. And then um, I woke up the morning of the birth and lost my mucus plug, which can or cannot be a sign that labor is approaching. And I just felt it. I was like, okay, today's the day. And I went out to make Cruz and myself breakfast. And as I was making breakfast, I sat down at the table and Matt works from home, which is such a gift. Um, And I just started crying. And I'm like, Matt. And so he comes out. He's like, ah. And I just said, I need help. Like I could feel there was this transition of like, I can't tend to anything outside of this right now. I can't make breakfast anymore. I can't tend to cruisey even though I love my boy, but like, I don't have that. The energy was calling me so inward. And so he's like, okay, all good. And Matt kind of stepped in and like helped with cruise. and, And then- ate breakfast and went outside and sat outside and actually sat my bum in the hammock, my feet on the ground and just like rocked in that hammock in the sun. And I just felt this. Okay, like, it's time, like the ceremony begins now. And I just felt my feet like rounding into earth. I felt the sun warmth on my skin. And I just felt like, okay, so I enjoyed savoring in the sweetness of that nature space, and then came inside and Cruz came in and helped me and we lit candles in the bedroom, we had our altar set up. And um, we had drawn some beautiful cards the night before together as a family. So everything was there. He went back out front with with Matt, and I just stayed in that room from 9am until Luca was born at 6.13pm. But most of the time, I wouldn't even say, like I was in early labor where I felt like little tingles of cramping, but I wasn't like, oh, he's cu-. it was just like, okay, I'm gonna color. I just wanted to create ceremony, I was in ceremony with it. So, you know, I had my candles lit, I had music playing, I was coloring and coloring books, I was journaling, processing some little girl energy coming up, you know, that little girl that was really terrified and excited to become a woman. She's here now and she is fucking woman, right? And she was like grieving some of her little girlness that was so scared and just really honoring like what we are becoming. And so I felt her with me and I was journaling with and around her. I was on my ball. I was moving my body. I was doing all these things. It was so beautiful to have that space in that day. And then around like, I don't know, 3.30 rolls around. I'm like, all right, it's been about eight. Are we gonna do this? Like stuff gonna start? Next? Or like, what are we doing here? Right? It was like, okay, I did my ceremony stuff. but Like, I was all spiritually aligned and in tune. And then there was this pause of like, okay, so now what? I don't, what do I, should I just go out? And but I didn't feel like I wanted to go back out into the world. But I was like, in this lingering space. So I was like, I'm gonna take a nap. So I took a nap, woke up from the nap. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch a show, put on a little show, get my mind off. And it was once I turned on that show, that I started noticing, like the contractions picking up, that stuff was starting to happen. I was like, okay, here we go. So I, after watching the show came out, and it was like, okay, it's go time. And for two hours, my labor was my active labor was two hours, I was in that room. And I was listening to music very loud and a lot of tribal music and headphones, my body was moving on that birthing ball, I was in another bathroom peeing, I was peeing so much. I was on the bed moving and shaking my body and letting it move in whatever way it wanted and needed to move. I was just in witness, full <laughs> surrender to the, the wisdom of my body. And stuff started getting really intense. And I remember going into the bathroom and sitting on the toilet to pee. And I was like, All right, baby. So this is getting intense. And it's all good. And whenever you're ready, let's do this. I'm ready. And so I go back out into the bed, and I'm on all fours moving. And at that time, like I'm feeling a lot of sensation in my low back. And I yell for Matt, Matt, so he and Cruz, i been coming in just to check on me from time to time. And I would just give him the thumbs up, like all good, just let me be in my space. And Matt knew prior to like, let me be and I would let him know. So I called him in. I was like, I just can you help support some downward pressure on my low back. And so he came behind, he was pushing that downward pressure down on my sacrum. And I could feel that relief and release and that opening. And I'm sitting there as he's pushing down and my body's shaking and tremoring and wiggling and I'm letting out just the loud moans and sounds and just letting my wild woman just be in her full primal element and and I um I lean forward um and my sounds change and Matt says are you starting to push and I was so like inward that I hadn't even processed and I come back out of that like inward state and I pause and I'm like yeah, I, I think I am. Cause I could feel that intensity shift. Like somebody doesn't have to tell you to push your body just knows when to fucking push. Right. Um, and sometimes you're conscious and aware of it and sometimes you're not, but if you're in your body, your body is doing right. Like it's doing what it needs to, but I was like, yeah, I think I am. And so Matt said, okay, I'm going to go fill up your water and get Cruz. So he leaves and I'm like, Oh wait, you're leaving. But I'm like, I'm all good. And I, I let out a roar and push, and I feel, I reached out with my hand, I feel him crowning, and I'm like, Matt, he's coming. So Matt runs in, Cruz comes in. I let out another roar, push, and I can feel his head pop through. At that point, Cruz is like covering his ears because my wild woman roar, and he's like looking at me. He's like, sorry, like kind of like this, ah, uh, I gotta go, mom. I was like, it's fine. I give him that nod of like, <laughs> it's cool, babe. Like we had already talked about this. If it's too loud, too much. You don't have to be there. But I want you to know you're invited if you want to be there. So he leaves the room. Matt's standing behind me just watching. And he's like, I see his head. I see his head. (laughs) Because his little head pops out. He's looking right at Matt. And he says to me, you can reach back and get him if you want. And I'm on all fours. And my body is shaking and tremoring like crazy. And I say, I'm just trying to keep myself up right now. So I just sink my hips back, push, and my baby lays out onto the bed, like inches beneath my body. And then I just like scoot back like on my hands and knees and lay my body over him and like hold him in and just feel this like, oh, okay, you're here. And I didn't even think anything at that moment other than just like, we're here. And it's just like this pause, a sacred pause of receiving him and feeling that like just connection of our spirits and our bodies. And I go to roll over to like lay on my back because I was so tired. At one point during that labor when it was intense, I was like trying different positions. I even tried to lay down because I was my body was like tired. And as soon as I lay down, I was like, nope, can't do that. Like my body was like, no. So even though I was like wanting to rest, like lay back to find more comfort, my body's like, nope, get your ass up. Keep going. You got this. And I was like, okay. Um, that I rolled over and like lay him on me. I was like, oh, wait, I need to look and see who he is. Who's here? And I pick up his leg. I'm like, oh, hey, baby boy. And then like, lay him back on me. So it wasn't even this like, we didn't know if it was boy or girl. I've had feels of girl at different times. But then Cruz knew it was a boy. And then I had dream that like, Cruz, your brother is here like two nights before. So he was here and it was perfect. And we just, um, Cruz came running in and, um, we just bonded in that sacred sweet time as a family. Um, and Matt was really good about like helping support us whatever we needed, recognizing we needed to be mindful of the placenta, which was probably my, my one piece from my prior birth with Cruz with the midwives at the birth center was that my placenta wasn't coming out easily or right away. I don't even know the timing that they gave it, but they, they allowed some time, but, um, to the point where they had, they like, helpingly pulled that placenta out. And I had a lot of bleeding to where they gave me some herbs and that didn't stop the bleeding. And eventually they gave me a shot of Pitocin to stop the bleeding. And so Matt remembers seeing me bleed at that first birth and fear of like, oh shit, I might lose my wife right now. And I have to raise this baby by myself. So that fear of his had come into this pregnancy early on. And, and it was actually a little fearful of me first, at first. But then I had acknowledged through my processing, this was early in my pregnancy, before I'd even talked to Matt, I was like, I believe one, that my placenta wasn't fully ready to come out because it wasn't a natural physiological birth. I took the castor oil shake, we were nudging and even though it seemed natural it was still inducing and pushing this process before it was the time that it would have naturally needed to be right and so i think that experience i related to we weren't ready so this time around i was like i i recognize that came up but i didn't have that fear because i know my body will be ready i know our process will be ready Um, and I got to speak to Matt about that and I felt like he trusted it too. So, you know, we waited 45 minutes. Luca was on me. He had been nursing, latching. It was beautiful. I sat up, gave that gentle tug, wasn't ready. So I laid back down. We waited probably another half an hour and then I got up and that time I felt like I could bear down a little bit more and give that push and that gentle tug on my own placenta and it came out as smooth as a placenta should (laughs) and there was no additional like bleeding or just anything out of the norm with it it was just all natural and um, supportive so
0: yeah it was beautiful that sounds amazing and then you just kept living your normal life (laughs) oh I
1: do want to just note real quick that that postpartum time I did take because right now i'm 6 months postpartum i'm out dancing life is full we're moving we're shaking. but those first 30 days i took deep rest first week i did not hardly leave the bed except for to pee the potty i should say all the things and to take a warm shower when i felt like i needed a warm shower through that first week otherwise i laid in bed and matt had that month of paternity off and he nourished us with food and took good care of us and was taking crews to go play. But just having that first week not leaving the bed, second week staying really close to the bed or couch, I stayed horizontal. That third week still deeply resting, I wasn't up doing much. And then that fourth week, I started to slowly and gently emerge very gently. So that first month of taking that time To deeply restore and rest and not being up doing my, my being wouldn't have allowed me to. And also I knew how important it was to stay in that space. So that at around four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, I was back in a really beautiful flow with my life, still being mindful of nourishment and rest and mothering myself and my baby and my family, but also Feeling replenished, that I could be back into the world in a way that felt supportive. So I just want to note that, because then, yeah, now we're back living, and it feels.
0: Yeah, but you are a homebody too, so that's what I meant by, you just kept living your life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But thank you for that distinction. Yeah, I love I love to hear women's um, journey through postpartum and. And giving yourself permission to go slow and do nothing but connect with your baby. That's it. Yeah. And let the body
1: heal. Let the energy and the blood restore. Snuggle that baby skin to skin all the time as much as possible. Nurse, nurse, nurse. Snuggle, sleep, eat, eat, drink, drink. Yeah just like that. (laughs) But it is it's such a important I just want to touch on it. So thank you for giving that space too, because um, I just want to remind women and just continue to give each other permission that that first month, like, if you have the support, I know some women don't. And so I'm hoping like we as community can help support women more in this way. But um, lean into your support, ask for help. Take that those first 30 days and Tend to your being and rest and restore as you need because it's not just in terms of replenishing for coming out in six weeks or two months. But it's about like 10 years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when you're coming into later years of life that you've replenished your being to be able to then extend further on. And how sacred that time is for you and baby to really bond and connect and just savor who you are and what you are becoming together.
0: Yeah, there's nowhere to go because you only get that one postpartum with that baby. It's so sacred. Let's end on where you're at in your motherhood now, six months postpartum with Luca. You are <laughs> a mother of two beautiful boys now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I just feel like we're
1: in such a beautiful rhythm and flow. I mean, life is so full, um, with activities for all of us, right? Like Cruz is five and he's in jujitsu and flag football and dance class. And, you know, Matt has his hobbies and I have my hobbies and our workflow. you know, like I'm dancing, we have our family time. It's just rich and full and beautiful, but I feel like we're in just such a a nice flow with it all that one, Matt and I are super supportive of each other to have like our outlets and of our family to have that sacred home time space together. Um, I am mother 24, seven, sometimes 22, seven, if I get out, right? So, but Luca sleeps with me. We sleep skin to skin. So through the night, he's here nursing on and off. We're sleeping together. I sleep very well. He sleeps very well because we're right there together. Our days, I'm with Luca during the day. Cruz, he's at his little Waldorf preschool two days a week. Other days, we're together, play dates. We're just enjoying life. We're getting out, exploring, having adventures and also taking care of our home. Like some days we're home cleaning yard work. Yesterday we were pulling weeds together. Um, Luca is such in flow with us that he's just this like bright, smiley, happy baby. He's just like happy to be here. And we're so happy to have him here. Um, and then, you know, I'm here at the studio a couple times a week for a few hours. I'm still light on my in my work, which is like another sole purpose expression for me. And it's really supportive for me when I am up here these few times a week. And then my other outlet is my dance. I go to dance classes a couple times a week, and that's where I just get to go play and socialize and connect and just have this other fun expression come through. And it just supports me to nurture these other aspects of myself because when I am full on at home with my family, I want to be fully present. I want to feel that my my cup is full, that I can be there fully for them. And I notice when I have that outlet, that hour to go dance, and my energy and soul just gets so filled that I come home and I'm like, okay, let's like rock this. Let's make some dinner together. Let's, you know, hop in the shower and whatever we need to do. I just feel so much more um, ready and present when I'm taking care of myself in that way. And motherhood is a beautiful, ever evolving balance and dance that I'm just so grateful to get to experience. It's, it's super precious. it's super precious. It's very wild, incredibly dynamic and so very purposeful. I, I just feel so blessed and grateful.